episode 22 of This Is Us 2 is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a great place to discover new makeup and uncover the confidence as a woman. And it's really easy to learn more, guys. All you need to do is head on over to Facebook and search the hashtag MinuteWithMary. I would love for you to request to join my marvelous VIP group. Just search MinuteWithMary on Facebook to start the road to a new you. It's a funny thing. You think about it, time. Your sister sings a couple of bars of Rocky and for a split second I can smell the ring again. And then she tells me that when you were little kids, she watched a lot of my movies and I'm thinking for a moment about my kids when they were little. Messy hair and matching pajamas and all that stuff. And I swear to you, I can see it all so very clearly I could just reach out. Touch it. In my experience, Kevin, there's no such a thing as a long time ago. There's only memories that mean something and the memories that don't. Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC, so sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I, I would love to know what the word dedicated means. Dedicated. Dedicated. Maybe it's because I just came back from Texas. <laughs> is that, did I just pick up a little Texan accent? Little did you know, listener, that we had done this opening once before, and yep. Mary Mary's brain just melted. She. <laughs> I just went, hi, everybody. <laughs> this is This is us, too. Nope. <laughs> That is not how we handle things on This Is Us 2. Goodness gracious. Well, (laughs) you know, my brain has been melted for, I'd say, the good past five years. Mm -hmm. So six years ago, uh, I found out I was pregnant. About six years ago. Oh my God, six years ago? Six years ago this week. Oh my God. I found out I was pregnant for the first time in my life. I was so excited, guys. I read all the books, got all the maternity clothes, took little pictures, went to prenatal yoga. I thought I got this down. You see, I'm a big learner. I read I read all the blogs. I decided to write my own dang blog because I thought I knew. I thought I knew (laughs) all there was to know about having a new member of my family come on in. And then we had our son. And boy, did he throw us for a loop. Uh, He had colic. Extreme colic. Like nonstop screaming. So much so that I ended up going crazy. I ended up getting pretty severe postpartum depression. And when I went to a special postpartum depression clinic, yep, they've got one of those in Providence, Rhode Island, thank goodness, they said it was like I was a prisoner of war that I was listening to a terrible sound for at least seven to 10 hours a day and I was without sleep. And that's how they get prisoners of war to tell their deep, dark secrets. It's like Guantanamo. I've always said that. But it was my house. (laughs) And so here I was feeling so prepared up until I actually had my child. And then... Me, the miseducated miss. I'm going to read all the books. I'm going to write about everything. I'm, I've got this. It's going to be a great, happy old family. I was thrown for a loop, just like Randall was when Deja arrived. 
Wow, look at you bringing that all around. Mic drop. I was wondering where you were going with this. You were this. like, land the plane, Helen. I, you know, I, I have decided that I'm going to go back to that episode and I'm going to record that sound over again just so I can have that sound. I like it. So I can have land the so, plane, Helen. So tell me some of the episode details. So the title for this one is Deja Vu and it works on multiple levels because the new addition to the Pearson family mm-hmm. is Deja and Randall talks about having the same feelings that Deja has. So it's like Deja Vu for him. And it also works for Kevin, as a matter of fact, with his dad and Sly Stallone you know, acting NBD. in the movie, how it all works <laughs> out for Kevin, how he has these memories of trying, uh, uh, well, uh, how of his dad and how he's trying to rescue Sly Stallone, who apparently is supposed to be like a fi- father to him in the film. So uh, uh, quite a clever uh, episode title I felt like the director were uh, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa, the who directed the pilot uh, Kyle and the pool as well as our current favorite Memphis yeah and remember these these are the producers of the show these we trust and know and love th- them these are the A-list directors these are the guys and the writer uh, or writers are the current showrunners Isaac Aptaker and Elizabeth Berger who wrote Pilgrim Rick Jack Pearson's son which is another favorite of, uh, of ours and Moon Shadow. Hmm. So, uh, I, this this is this is about a as close to an A team as you can get. It is uh, in the new in the new. This is us. All right. So our lemonade rating on a scale of one to five glasses of lemonade. Mm-hmm. I rate this episode a four point four. Not one of my favorites, even though it's the all star writing cast. I would agree with you. And there were great moments in it. Great moments, but um, you know the bar has been set very high. Memphis, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, nonetheless, we'll dive into our GBGs, our goods, our beds, and our grades. What, 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 what am I? What am I? Nothing oh, over I here. I thought you said I agree. It don't. It don't. I, I thought don't, that I don't meant matter. you had a 4.4 as well. Sorry. No, no, no. no. My lemonade rating is is a 4.2, <laughs> okay. which is one of the lower ones I think that I've given out for This Is Us. Yeah. Although I feel like I did give out a 3.9 for the Duke episode. Uh, the one where he because I, I still I still I can't let him go. I know he just sucks. He blows. I hate Duke. I know, anyway. but there's people like that in my life. You know that I'm like God. They just blow. Yeah. <laughs> so so GBGs. Yeah. So well, the four point two. Let me just oh. explain. I think there's some really great stuff in this episode. Some uh, really great thematic, awesome writing in this episode. But I also feel like this episode just had too many cooks in the kitchen. It just felt mm. like we are doing too much here. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like if they just stayed the course with a couple of things, it would have been much better. Okay. So that is my opinion for what it is worth. Now, my darling, we can get to the GBGs, <laughs> the ones that you were so anxious to get to. What do you got? My good is Beth and Randall listening on the baby monitor to the girls chatting. Oh, that was yeah, that just was such a cute little moment because you could tell that they were all up and ready to, you know, for mayhem to strike. And it ended up being a really precious moment. Mm-hmm. And the bad was, ouch, Kevin's knee trying to go jump and save sliced alone. And man, that was an <laughs> epic fall. Why didn't they have a mattress down? Where is the stunt double? Medic. What are we doing here? Seriously. Maybe he's like Tom Cruise. He insists on doing all of his own stuff. Yeah, he probably was like, I, I watched Mission Impossible. I saw him climb the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> I can jump into a crater. And then my great, 
is Annie. So this is like the first time we really got to like have this different look into the the young children. Mm-hmm. And Annie, we get to see this moment when it's William's first night at the Pearsons' house, and Annie actually goes down to him and um, you know, it explains to him that it's it's okay, and uh, she tells him about the slumber party that she wished she hadn't left because she knows that it was probably a good time and that, you know, convinces <laughs> William to stay. Right. And so Annie was able to also change things with Deja. So just my great is Annie. Annie, I love you, girl. And the girl that her real name is actually Faith Herman. Uh, and I, I agree with you. She was spot on. Mm-hmm. And this is actually her first real come out party for This Is Us, which is funny because it's a season and now three episodes or whatever it is into it. I'm surprised that it took this long. Uh, But for my GBGs, uh, my good was uh, Deja walking out of the courthouse and Mm -hmm. into the Pearson's house without ever seeing her face. Yes. The camera is always fixed on her back. Mm -hmm. And I loved that all the sound was drowned out as she's walking out of the courthouse, as she shows up to the Pearson house. Everyone's asking her name, this and that and the other thing. And everything was just distorted, like it would probably be for her. You know what it's like whenever you go into a situation where you're just, you are overwhelmed. You you don't hear anything. You don't, you you just... you are, you're just fixing to stay alive. That's yep. what you're hoping for, right? So I love that you're in her POV, and it's totally unclear about what's happening to her around her. I love that. My bad was a tie. Uh, a tie? And a, a tie. And the first one was the voiceover with Kate at the very end of the episode when she says, you're just like him referring to Kevin and how he is just like Jack. Mm-hmm. Of course, over the visual of Kevin taking and holding the pills. <laughs> yeah, a little daunting. Um, come on, man. Trust your viewers. Trust your your viewers to know that he's looking at these pills and he's facing the idea of becoming addicted to painkillers. The idea of him becoming addicted to painkillers, I think it, I think it works a little bit, but I, it's, it's almost like a, this sus, it, it, it tra- traverses this line of being like, we're gonna get into this trope, we're gonna do it, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it, it pulls away. But it's not, not that big, so I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm right. okay with it right now. So I, I just I just wish that they trusted their viewers to just know that Kevin was was doing it, and he's like Jack. Because we're right now we're in the I middle. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I don't see Jack like Kevin all that much all the time. So to be honest, I'm okay with having Kate's voiceover do that. Okay. All right. And the the second one was the whole C plot with Randall and his efforts to find his mother. Oh gosh. I felt that was so out of place. I felt, I felt that so it was sad. I felt sad about it, but I felt like it was shoehorned in. Like they needed stuff to do for the kids. Uh, 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 in the flashbacks. I disagree. I think it was a way to relate Randall feeling like he still always felt out of place with his family in this episode that Deja comes and feels completely out of place. Yeah, but I also feel like that's almost apples to oranges, though. Because you know, Randall has been in this family now for 15 years. Yes, there is this nagging thing. It's easy for you to say as a non-adopted person. I agree, but I'm just talking on a on a, on a story level here. It, 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 it's apples to oranges because Randall's been part of this family. He's loved. He knows he's loved. And Deja's walking into this brand new family without knowing anybody. She don't know nothing. And you're going to tell me that that's the same? I, I can't go there. 
I, I can't say that's the exact same. Yeah, but also being let down. Being let down while while trying to cling to your family. Or, yeah, cling to your to her mother who's going to get arrested. Yeah. Or is arrested, rather. I think is going that it was actually like a good tie. That I think if it came in a different episode, it would have felt very out of place. I, you know what? At least I'm willing to have a conversation <laughs> about that. The one I'm not, I'm not willing to t- even talk about is the Kate one. That, that okay. is just bad. What was your great? But my great. I really desperately so badly wanted to hate the Sylvester Stallone cameo. Oh my God, so random, right? Oh my God. Did not see that one coming. This Is Us has done this now. They did it with that jabroni, uh, 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 Seth Meyers. They have Ron Howard. They have Ron Howard out of nowhere. Now all of a sudden we get Sylvester Stallone. Who do you think? Who do you think's getting all these peeps? Is it Mandy Moore? Is she like, I'm an (laughs) A-list. I can get A-list. I wanted to come in here into the studio and just burn the Sylvester Stallone cameo down to the ground. But I couldn't. I absolutely cannot because it all makes sense. And we'll get into why. But I love that Sly actually played it off well and without being too ham-fisted, like being like trying to play Sylvester Stallone. You know what I mean? Like playing into the into the caricature of Sylvester Stallone. He just went and was him. And he just did what he did. Especially when you consider, um, you know, how all of like the father figure issues that Kevin was facing and how that all came together at the end of the episode with those quick flashes of Jack and everything. And, 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 and having the deja vu over again of Kevin injuring his leg and remembering back and all this other stuff. Just fantastic. I, I, I have to give it credit. I, I really, really liked it. Okay, so this episode was a little cray-cray. There was so much. And I think that's why both you and I rated it a little low compared to others because there was so much. You're like, where are we focusing? Are we focusing on this new member of the Pearson family? We're focusing on Sylvester Stallone. Holy smokes, Kevin's severely hurt. What is going on? I, I mean, we have Randall and Beth with the new kid. Mm-hmm. We have R- Jack and Rebecca... Having, trying to have sex in the car in, in the car which is great have, have fun go go do that then we got Kate visiting Kevin on the set with Ron Howard and Sylvester Stallone when's Kate gonna get a job uh, never apparently <laughs> I, I don't know uh, we have Randall trying to find his birth mom and then we have William back in the Pearson house for on his first night not to say that I don't appreciate seeing William but you start throwing all this stuff together and it's like, what are we doing, man? Uh, my head's spinning from all this stuff. It's like... Pick like two things or yeah. three things and just go. It's like the writers had a little too much espresso. <laughs> and they were like, let's see what we can fit in. That or they just did a giant eight Stop. ball. I don't even know what that means. It's a big thing of Coke. Oh, God. <laughs> and they were like, dude, let's just do this and we'll write a cool story. But I will say, oh, here's a fun fact. Fun fact for those of you who are not Rocky fans. Milo was actually in the movie Rocky Balboa, which was the sixth film of the what? Rocky I franchise. That was the first one. No, no, no. That was just Rocky. Rocky Balboa is the sixth film of the franchise. There's six? Yeah. And actually, there's even like six... Well, there's like seven, which is Creed, which is like a spinoff of Rocky. I can't even. Uh, which, which was actually a fantastic movie, by the way. You should watch it. Uh, and th- you, the listeners, should watch it. It's yeah, a I'll great, get on that. And no, it's really a good film. <laughs> like I would honestly tell you. Um, Rocky 1 is great. Rocky 2 is good. Rocky 3... Land the plane, Helen. Sorry. <laughs> 
But anyway, Milo was actually in Rocky Balboa, and he played Sly's son. So it was Milo who got Sly. That, so it's like there's a lot of father-son stuff going on here. And like in Rocky Balboa, Milo hated Rocky because Rocky was cast this big shadow, and everybody loved you know Rocky, and he's just trying to go out on his own and do his own thing and become like a day trader or whatever. And he and he ends up you know reconciling with his dad or whatever. But I just when you start thinking about all this, I really liked it a lot because yeah. it it was actually kind of cool. But my 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 big takeaway, and I and I wanted to ask you about this, and you know how we love to have you know theme talk and all that other stuff. My darling, I really felt like the theme for this episode was like masculinity, what it what it takes to to be a man, mm-hmm. and. Do you agree with that? Oh my gosh, completely. I mean, between the Jack and Rebecca struggles and um, how, you know, they're really working through that and how embarrassed Jack is about mm-hmm. having to get money from his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this was totally focused on on the male figures. And why I think this, the Sylvester Stallone cameo works for the most part is that... You know, Sylvester Stallone is... He's the epitome. He he is a man. He's a man. He's freaking Rambo and Rocky, you know? Uh, He's also Cobra. They weren't the same person? (laughs) No! (laughs) You thought Rambo was Rocky? Yeah. Stop it. Didn't they wear, like, a handkerchief around his head? He didn't, like, go to war? Oh, my God. (laughs) Whatevs. Oh my god. Let's move on. Oh my god, I can't believe I just thought that he was such a good boxer You've... he went to war. Oh, my god. <laughs> oh he's John Spartan Hopefully. from Demolition Man, you know? Anyway, listen. I loved that it would it took Sylvester Stallone, who was the man's man of the eighties, these great action eighties films, to talk to Kevin and say, I could just reach out and touch my memories of my kids. And like I, I I think about it and like when your sister starts singing these bars of Rocky and everything, I can smell the ring. Mm-hmm. But what matters to me most is my kids. Like what? Having that and and having Jack, who is this stoic kind of guy, who when he realizes he has a problem with yeah. drinking alcohol, he takes it upon himself and he burdens only himself with the issue. Right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that. It's really hard knowing that he's trying to be a man's man. And then even later on, when he when he admits to the brooding kid from uh, My So-Called Life, who was uh, who Jordan Catalano, by the way, and is played by none other than Jared Leto, that guy. Um, it's just, I just think it's so great when you start comparing that to what Jack is and how Kevin is kind of falling into this. Mm-hmm masculinity thing and refusing to talk about his dad and calling Kate damaged and because she she wants to talk about it and he's not as vulnerable as her. Oh man, I I really liked this this part of the episode. Seeing him break, seeing him not be able to do his lines mm-hmm. was outstanding. I mean, there are many times where I'm like Kevin is boring. He's wonderful to look at. He's a fun little frilly uncle, whatever. But to see this, to see him not be able to do what he has like really built his life up to doing, whether acting or then being able to land that jump, right? 
it really got you. And it, as it's it, and as it's happening, it like it's like okay, yeah, you're thinking about your dad, or whatever. But you realize that Kevin is freaking out and he cannot talk to Kate about it because he knows the script. And the mm-hmm. script ends up saying that Sylvester Stallone is a father figure to him and he has to rescue him. He owes everything to his father. And I think you've seen that throughout the the, the episodic run so far of This Is Us that Kevin fancies himself as a as the person who loves his dad the most, I think. I think also as Jack's dream. What do you mean? Well, like, you know, Jack was manly. And, like, I think Kevin always kind of, you know, was doing... I mean, his dad loved football. You just yeah, use that Kevin example. Football, you you know? know, exactly. And even just acting, you know, his dad loved these Sly Stallone movies. And now here's Kevin getting to actually act in a movie with Sly Stallone where they're like rough and tough army men. Right. I mean, it's just always his little things that, you know, he's stuffed down and how hard it his dad has really hit him. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this episode, these were like some of the really, really high points of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see where it blossoms from there. And that's why it's okay... I just want to take a moment. It's okay for us to give episodes lower rankings every once in a while. Sure. You need to have that breath. You can't have every episode be like, oh my God, that was mind blowing. That was outstanding. I cried. I sobbed. I did this. You need to have, especially for episode three, you need to have these little dips. Mm -hmm. That's like life's progression. Some days are a little bit more slow, but you can see this is just the beginning. The seeds that they put in about how much Jack meant to Kevin you know, we know it's going to blossom. Right. And what did you think about the whole deal with Rebecca and Jack and her efforts to woo him? And taking, oh, I loved it. But, but taking advice from, uh, from Miggy's ex-wife. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? Well, I think that it's totally normal. I'm sorry. Uh, you're a boy. This is the kind of thing girls do. I'm a I'm a boar. What do you boy. mean I'm a boar? You're a boy. You said boar. I said boy. No, Maybe you said it's that Texas. You said boar. <laughs> You're a boy. Okay. You're a man. Yes. Men probably don't do this. They don't sit over. P.S. Mandy Moore, stop eating salad. Okay. <laughs> we know you're skinny. Always eating salad and never even eating the whole salad. I'm the dang girl that's like, if I have to have salad, I'm gonna lick the creamy Italian off that plate. E- extra dressing, please. <laughs> Give extra. me all the rolls. Double the dressing. <laughs> all the rolls. <laughs> but um, yeah. Got any more breadsticks? Ladies talk about this stuff. <laughs> Ladies talk about this stuff, and for. For Miggy's girl, ex-girl, to give her that advice and mm-hmm. to say, that's when I noticed the change. I think that's actually a friend really looking out for another friend, saying, okay. don't go down this route. Okay. All it's right, it's I, normal. I I'll tell like, you, this is normal. Okay. I, I took it like, man, this girl just got divorced. Well, not just got, but got divorced from Miggy. And I've had divorced friends give relationship advice about me and you. Little things that I might be like, oh my God. And they'd be like, Mary. It ain't worth it. Just shut up. <laughs> Stop worrying about it. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Like, Well, well I, what I did like, too, though, is that Jack and Rebecca... Rebecca tried the whole thing, and she she's like, oh, I'm Jack Pearsoning you. Like, uh, I'm yep. going to sweep you off your feet. You know, I think that was I think that was cute. Um, but, but what I did like is that when she starts going at it, you kind of expect Jack to be like, uh, okay, uh, let, let's do it, you know? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He says, "No, I, I'm, I'm not 
here for that. I'm yeah. not ready for that. I, I just, you know, I don't want this to be, you know, the first time in a while. And I don't want to feel like this and remember feeling like this for, you know, I mean, reconnecting. It's always hard when, you know, when you, when you have these big life events and you, and you have to physically reconnect. That is a major part of marriage. That, that is, it is what it is. So I'm proud of Jack and I'm especially proud of the writers for I'm proud of Rebecca. And again, remember how I said earlier that she probably had to wear a thong. Th- that this is us treads that line very carefully and like it's on it's on the thin red freaking line of like a thin thong. Uh <laughs> the thin thong line of going into these tropes, these TV tropes of like, oh, just have sex with him and he'll be fine. And like you think they're going to do it and then they go, "Nope." And they and yep. they they and for him to be the one that says yes. no, thank you. Right, right. Love. I I think that was I think that was good, and 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 it, and it forced them eventually to get back into the car after mm-hmm. she says, "Okay, let's just go." And he's like, "Nope, you know what? I'm not doing that. I am going to stay here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get back in this car because I'm not done talking." Yep. I freaking love that and that is like the the husband in me that is madly in love with my wife and is just like yeah it's yes sex is great and and it's it's amazing and it's it's a major part of your life but there's the the sex is only good because you have that personal connection to that person Mm -hmm. you know do you you know what i mean i I do that sounds redundant personal connection to that person it did but that close connection to that person, uh, I think. I think that's what I'm getting at here. Okay. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to talk about about this episode? No. Any final thoughts, my darling? I don't. Okay. I decided. I think we should have um, a new segment oh. of this of this show. Okay. And I think it's going to be really only specific to season two. Okay. I'm going to call it Puzzle Watch 2018. Puzzle Watch. Yes, Puzzle Watch. The Bring puzzle it. of Jack's death. Okay. All right. So Puzzle Watch 2018. This is the first segment of it. And here, what I'm going to say is this: It's about trying to solve the puzzle of Jack's death and how, in the timeline of events and all that stuff. So so far, we know. Uh, that the dog that Kate was holding in the yeah. season premiere actually came about because Jack threw the hamburger in mm-hmm. the back and this dog, this scrappy little scruffy little dog just shows up eating the hamburger. They're like, okay, we'll just take him inside. There you go. And that's how the dog showed up. Jack visits Kevin in the hospital when he has a broken leg and gives him the necklace that Kevin wears for the rest of his life. Which means that Jack is alive when Kevin breaks his leg and sees Kevin in the hospital. Uh, and so we know he's alive during that well, he point. He hurts his knee. Well, well, you know what I mean. He hurts yeah. his knee. Whatever. And then it looks like Kate actually tells Kevin about Jack who was sleeping in like a wagon, like a, a wagon car uh, when, when he finds out. That's the way that it looks. Mm-hmm. So... I'm wondering, is like Kevin supposed to be out or is he not supposed to be out of the house? And is that why Kate is going to him in like this weird way? Why is he sleeping in this car? I don't think he was sleeping, baby. Well, you know what I mean. He, whatever. He, he's laying down and maybe he's with a chick. He, maybe he's with Sophie. It was nighttime. <laughs> it looked I, like I know what I did in cars when I was a teenager at uh, nighttime. What, what? Read books? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Just pretend. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna. Go, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> I don't even want to know. 
I don't oh my even god, I'm going to put a tracker on my children's legs. I don't even want to know. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready to uh, get a hot take of the week? Nope. No, again, no hot take of the week? It's not my strong suit. All right, well, I have a hot take of the week. You ready for it? <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. What if Kevin is actually to blame for the fire that kills Jack? Stop. What if that is why he's out and he doesn't know and everybody's freaking out and trying to find Kevin? <gasps> like Kate thought that whatever she did is the cause for Jack's death, but maybe it really is Kevin and that's why he can't talk about it outside of his masculinity problems, oh I would say. Maybe it's a secret he's kept from everyone and now it's coming to a head. What if something he did is the reason why... Jack actually dies. Like, I think the Kate thing is a red herring, like I've said. I think it's like, she thinks it is, but it's really not. It's just, it's her own projection. Okay. But what if Kevin actually did something stupid that caused Jack's death? Oh, man. So, that is my hot take of the week. Okay. After Puzzle Watch 2018. There you go. Are you ready to close out this uh, this bad boy? You bet. All right, let's do it. Oh, actually, you know what? I actually have a surprise for everybody and I thought this was fitting for this episode. Are you ready to close out this yes, close I am. out this show? Okay, let's do it. Oh yeah. Feel it. Just we're going to let this ride for a second. So, so thankful, guys, that you have taken the time to listen to a podcast about a show that isn't even in season right now. Let's just bring that on down. But it's going to be coming in season. It's coming really, really soon. So you're listening to this now on your smart device. I want you to take a screenshot. I want you to put it in your Insta stories, in your Facebook stories. I want other people to know about it because you know what? I'm running out of reviews. I'm running out of written reviews. That's right. This week, we want to thank Library Girl 36 She said, feels like a discussion with friends. Mary and Blake provide a forum for exploring in-depth character development, plot, TV structure, and life. Thank you, Library Girl 36 And thank you, everyone else, who has taken the time to write a review in iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, head on over to your podcast app. Leave us just a little written review. means the world to us. You can search us, of course, by using the hashtag this is us too let other people know about the podcast if you have this is us facebook communities or just groups that you're a part of start letting them know oh, Say, hold guys, on yeah. hold, hold on i always felt that this was the most underrated part of the rocky theme this part i mean it is fantastic it's very musically well done <laughs> sorry the, it's okay. the guitar it's okay. solo rocks it's, it is. it's fantastic sorry go ahead continue so let your friends know guys let your friends know because we're coming for you and in season we might be doing some fun things like hearing your voice on the podcast so the more people that know about this the bigger it's going to get the more fun we're going to have I can't wait <laughs> I can't wait too I'm, I'm ready I'm ready we're going to we're gonna kick it up though I think we got to this song's motivating me I got to So Great. yeah, it's motivating me to get going on on This Is Us, so I'm ready for it. So, so ladies and gents, my name's Mary. This is Blake. And this is Us Too. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.